rejoice and be glad in it. Say amen, church. If we would get what we deserve, we'd be in hell today. But as that song said, he said, I waited patiently on the Lord. He inclined unto me and he heard my cry. Brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of miry clay, and set my foot on a rock. Established my goings, put a new song in my mouth. Say amen. Are you glad Jesus saves? Amen. How many of y'all had a good Thanksgiving? All right, how many of y'all ate a lot? How many of y'all ate too much? Amen. Uh, John, I must see you after the service. Amen. Uh, my workout partner, I've been away for a while, and I can tell. Say amen. I have breathing problems and clothing problems. Amen. Uh, thank God for a, a, a day to just chill. Amen. Some people, some people had to work if you did. Uh, God bless you. Uh, uh, others got to go crazy shopping. I don't understand you, but I, I, my wife, she, she was all jacked up about all that and excited to go hang out in a place where they're going to be riding in the streets and fighting over stuff that they can get uh, just as cheap two days later. Say amen. Uh, come on now. How many, how many did, the, did the Black Friday thing? Come on. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Lord have mercy. That's all. Some of y'all got some sense in here. Amen. Amen. My wife, she, she likes that thing. Matter of fact, she got in about 4 o'clock in the morning, and the only, th only reason she returned because of the two girls she brought with her chickened out on her. Amen. But anyhow, anyhow, thank God for good holidays and all of that kind of stuff. Say amen. All right. Verse number 7. 2 Corinthians 12, verse number 7. Have you found your spot? And lest I should be exalted above measure, through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, now this is God speaking back to Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. In other words, my problems. That's different, say amen. Now, I've whined about my problems and I've complained about my problems, but I don't, I don't think I've ever said, man, this is great. My car's broke down. Hot dog. That's what he's saying. He said, I take pleasure in my infirmities, in reproaches. In other, in other words, people come against me, in necessities, when I don't have enough, in persecutions, we all know what that is, in distresses, for Christ's sake. Now read it with me. For when I am, then am I strong. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings, your mercy, your kindness, and your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to I want to I want to do a little more teaching today than preaching. Uh, I I've, I've I'm on Facebook and uh, and uh, I see a lot of people uh, from the church on Facebook. I see a lot of people from everywhere. I mean, I've got people in all kind of states uh, that I'm friends with and that that type of thing. And and November is an interesting month. It's an interesting month because people a lot of people do the 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 daily. Uh, uh, the daily thank I'm thanking God today for such and such, such and such, and day one, day two, day three. How, how many y'all know what I'm talking about? Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. How many y'all did that? How many y'all did that? Some of y'all in here, 
uh, was able to do that. Thank God for different things. And it was it was great. I mean, I love I love seeing all the different things that people are grateful for, people are thankful for, what God has done for people and that kind of thing. And, and I mean, it, the, the variety, it, it goes from everything you can imagine, thanking God for their kids, thanking, dog, thanking God for their dogs. And, and I'm with that, man. I'm thanking God for Alabama Bear Tracks. He's the best coon dog in Alabama. Say amen. Thanking God for all kind of stuff. Um, and, 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 then, and then then some of the things that I saw people thanking God for was for answered prayers. For answered prayers. How many of y'all are glad God answers prayers? And boy, they begin to they begin to, to list the prayers that God had answered and how, how God had did this and God had done that. And man, we're thankful for answered prayers. Now, I am, I am totally 100% in agreement with that. I think God answers prayers. But most of the time, most of the time when I say that, when I, I use the term, I'm glad God answered my prayer, what I'm really saying in my mind, it might be different than yours, but when in my mind, I'm usually saying, I'm glad God did what I asked him to do. Or I'm glad God answered in the way that I asked. When I'm usually praising God for answered prayers, I'm praising him for that he did it the way I asked him to do it. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Well, you say, what's the difference? There is a difference. Do you realize the word no is an answer? It's an answer. Now, here in this chapter, and even in chapter number 11, we find Paul, he's in, he's in the boasting mood, if you will. Basically, he's defending himself against a crowd of people at the, the church at Corinth who is trying to discredit his ministry and his apostleship and his authority. And he's just saying what God has done for him. And he shares about revelations. He shares about visions and all, authenticating his ministry. But then he says stuff that, like, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute, watch this, watch this. Here's a few verses that you can look at. 2 Corinthians eleven thirty, 30. He says, if I must needs glory, the word glory there means to boast. If I'm going to boast about something, he said, I will glory or boast of the things which concern my infirmities, my problems, my weaknesses, my, my issues in my life. 2 Corinthians 12, 5. Of such one will I glory or boast, yet of myself I will not glory, but in my infirmities. I want to brag about my problems. Then he says in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, And he said unto me, this is what we read a while ago, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. My infirmity. In other words, if Paul had a Facebook, he wouldn't be thanking God. He wouldn't be thanking God for all of the blessings. He's listing all of the burdens. All of his issues, all of his problems, all of the things that breaks his heart. He said, I just want to thank God for the pain. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not near that spiritual. Are y'all with me? I mean, I wish I was. I would like to be more like that. And I'm praying that God gets us all to that place that that we can do that. But I just haven't been jumping up and down because I'm going through some garbage. Are y'all with me? But Paul was able to do that. And he was thanking God. In other words, he was praising through the pain. Now, I want to give you, I want to give you three quick things, and I want to hunker down in the third one, all right? Uh, just first off, I want you to see Paul's distress. Paul's distress. Uh, there was a place in Paul's life where God said no. He got an answer, but the answer was not how he asked. God 
said no. His distress. Now, Paul's been through some stuff. Now, you got to understand, Paul's been through some stuff. If you read uh, the first chapter, he says in, in uh, uh, chapter number 1, verse 8, he said, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. We thought we were going to die. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty three. Watch this. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths often. In other words, he was constantly under the threat of death. He says, of the Jews, five times received I 40 stripes, save one. They believed in giving 39 stripes because if you gave 40, he would possibly die. So they would only give you 39 stripes. And he said, five times I received 39 stripes, 195 stripes on his back. Are y'all with me? Say amen. I mean, he has gotten beatings upon beatings. Thrice, he says, I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I've been in the deep. In journeyings often. In perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen. In perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. In weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, he was without food and water, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, he didn't have the necessities of life, he didn't have a covering to, 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 uh, in the time of winter. It says, beside those things which are without, that's the outside physical issues, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. In other words, I'm not only distressed on the outside, I'm not only having physical issues, I'm not only having physical needs, I'm not only having physical burdens and hardships that are coming against me, but on the inside, I'm constantly worrying about the care of all the churches he started. I'm constantly in need in my mind, uh, being bombarded by worries and, and things that are coming to my mind against all the needs of the churches. In other words, I'm hurting on the outside and I'm hurting on the inside. Paul's gone through some distress. Paul has experienced distress in his life, but we see him coming through that stuff like a trooper. He's coming through in an amazing way, but there is something that comes in Paul's life that's worse than all. He said, there came a day in my life when there was a thorn that was put in my flesh. The messenger of Satan the word thorn there means a sharp instrument, a sharp wood, wooden object used to impale a victim. He's describing his situation as something that is very painful. Now, there's been a lot of speculation about what this thorn was. Some people think it was his eyesight. Some, think, some people think it was his ugly appearance. Uh, some people think it's, it's just all kind of things. God never said what it was. All we do know about it, and it was very painful, and it was very persistent. He said, I asked God three times. I begged God. I went to God. You see, we don't see him begging God in the storm. We don't see him begging God in the beatings. We don't see him begging God in the stripes. This was something above all of that. He is in a major, major situation in his life. Can y'all see Paul's distress? But there's nothing worse than distress. There's nothing worse than hurting. 
There's nothing worse than being in pain and being in suffering and being in difficulty and being in a situation where you can't help yourself and you can't fix yourself and you're going through stuff that you feel like is going to overwhelm you. There's nothing worse than distress than being denied. Being denied. He said, I asked God, oh God, take this away. Take this thorn out of my life. Take this situation out of my life. Take this pain away. Oh, God, according to that verse, he said, I asked three times. Now, I don't believe I don't believe he asked three times in one night. I don't believe, oh, God, help me take it away. Oh, God, help me take it away. Oh, God, help me take it away. And then I don't believe that's what he's talking about. I believe he prayed and left it in God's hands, and a time, an extended period of time went by. And then he went and begged God again, oh, God, this thing is still here. Oh, God, this situation is still here. Oh, God, this, th- this, this issue is still here. It's still causing me frustration. It's still causing me pain. And three different times he comes to God, and heaven is silent. I'm telling you, there's nothing like being denied. There's nothing like going to the bank and you've got your hopes up and, and, and your dreams are up and, you, and you're, you're, just, you're just hoping for, for the, the ability to be helped in this situation and the bank says, I'm sorry. There's nothing in the world, there's no feeling in the world like going to the doctor and you're hoping they can ease your pain. They're hoping they can give you a pill. They're hoping they can give you some kind of medication, some kind of therapy that can ease your pain and ease uh, what you've been going through. Surely they've got good news. And they say, I'm sorry. There's nothing like going to God in prayer, bending a knee and going to God and begging begging God with tears dripping off your face. And it seems like it doesn't go past the ceiling. Am I talking to anybody today? Paul was distressed. Paul was denied. But then it says, Paul was delighted. What? How in the world can you go from distress to delight when God says no? You see, we'll post about the prayers that he answered our way. We will post about the blessings. We will post about the good stuff. But Paul says, I take pleasure in my infirmities. Let me tell you about my problems. We want to tell everybody about our blessings. But Paul said, let me tell you about my problems. How? How how many of y'all have ever had a problem? Come on, raise your hand. Get with me. How many of y'all have ever talked to God about it? How many of you ever, we're going to get exercise this morning, amen. How many of you ever seemed like he didn't listen? Was that frustrating? You know, we respond in a lot of ways. We'll get angry at God. We'll get mad at God. God, how dare you? God, what are you doing? Now, now we won't actually say that. Some, well, sometimes we do. But we will, we'll catch an attitude with God. Now, now, before you go to looking down on somebody else, we're all human. But you're never supposed to question God. Well, 
Jesus was the best human on earth, and he said, my God, my God. What did he say? Why hast thou forsaken me? That's human. But see, I don't want to. I don't want to just. I don't want to just suffer through something. I want to. I want to be able to be like Paul and say, "Hey, I, I glory in my infirmities. I take pleasure when I see these problems coming. It excites me." Some of y'all are like, "There ain't no way. There ain't no way that can happen." How many of y'all would like to be like that? Come on, come on, raise your hand. I'd like to be like that. Watch this. Three things underneath this this point. I want you to get. What what was what was given to Paul? What did Paul have that transferred or translated his distress into delight? First, I want you to write this down. There was a comforting provision. There was a comforting provision. You see, God don't always step out on the bow of your ship and say, peace be still in the storm, does he? He doesn't always walk into your graveyard and call what's dead back to life again as he did Lazarus. He doesn't always, uh, he doesn't always uh, when you're hungry, touch what little bit you have and make it into a great buffet. He doesn't always answer in the way that we ask. But he does say this. He says, Paul, I'm not taking the thorn away. I know you want me to take the thorn away. I know you want me to change your situation. I know you want me to get this out of your life completely. I'm not going to do this, but Paul, I promise you this, my grace is sufficient for thee. I looked up the word grace in Webster's Dictionary. It basically just says help from God, divine help from God for his children. Oh, it's a whole lot more than that. Say amen. The Bible talks about teaching grace. It talks about sustaining grace. It talks about saving grace. You know, we talk about, old-timers talk about dying grace. Are y'all with me? Uh, there is there is places I've been in the hospital rooms, I'm telling you, where God's children has crossed over to the other side, and there is the greatest amount of peace you can't even imagine. There's just like an atmosphere in the room when God gives them dying grace, and I've been there when they were lost, when they were infidels, when they were deniers of Christ, and they fought, and they fought, and they fought, and they fought, and there was no grace to go through that time, and there's no way to explain the grace of God. I've been, in, I've been in funerals and I've been in places where my heart was literally broken because of the loss of a loved one. And then I walk through and at a certain moment of time, at a certain place of time, something just comes over me and something that I experience, something God gives me and it's, and it's still the same. There's still a funeral. There's still a brokenness, but everything's okay. That's grace. That's something that God gives. That's something supernatural that God will move in your life. And listen, it's been said, I like this phrase. It's a cliche, but it's a good one. It says, wherever the will of God will take you, the grace of God will keep you. And it will be a help. It will be a touch. It will be a favor from God. It will be something that God gives you to make it through your situation. God will give you grace. God will give you help. God will give you enough. Watch this, my grace is sufficient, sufficient, it's enough. You'll never face anything today that God hasn't already dealt out enough grace for you to get through it. Did you hear what I said? There'll never come a day that you won't wake up in the morning 
and fixing to face a horrible tragedy that day that God hasn't already issued out enough grace to help you get through it. He said, my grace is sufficient for thee. Now we're going to put on our thinking caps. Now we're going to teach just a minute. Because I know what you're thinking because this is what I was thinking. Well, Lord, instead of grace, just get it out of my life. Instead of helping me through it, just get it out of here. How many, how many of you ever thought that way? Just don't make me go through it. Wouldn't this be a lot easier? Don't give me grace. Just take the problem away. Some of y'all ever think that way? But see, here's, here's the deal. This is what helped Paul. Not only a comforting provision, but a changed perspective. A changed perspective. Now, perspective is how you see something. Say that with me. How you... Do you realize two different people can have two different perspectives looking at the same thing? Now, my wife's not in here, but if she was, I'll just tell you what she'd say because she said it in the first service, graphically. I said, I said, baby, if I had an oyster in my hand, she was sitting right here on the front row. I said, if I had an oyster in my hand, this thing shelled, I mean, it's right there in all its glory. Say amen. And this oyster is right there, come right off the, right off the, 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 the cooler, right off the ice, and it is sitting there. And uh, I said, baby, what would you think? And this, is what, this was her exact words right in the house of the Lord. That's disgusting. That's, what she, that's her. That's her. Come on, y'all. That's her. But you know what I think? I think crackers, hot sauce, woo, say amen. Pour it to it, baby. Pour it to it. Amen. Now, we're looking at the same thing, but we have a different. Why? We are seeing it differently. Same item, same thing, but we're looking at it in two different ways. Do you realize that you can see the same item in your life that will bring tears to your eyes one day and your, your perspective can change and it will bring joy to your heart the next? Paul said this thorn brought, brought frustration, this thorn brought pain, this thorn brought agony, probably brought tears to my eyes, but now it's bringing a smile to my face. Why? I changed my perspective. Now, here's the Sunday school lesson for today. Didn't know y'all was going to Sunday school today, did you? How do we change our perspective? How do we change the way we see our infirmity? How do we change the way we see our problem? Watch this. Watch this. Verse number seven. Look here. Look here. Are y'all are y'all 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 staying awake this morning? Watch what he says. And he says it twice. He says it at the beginning of the verse and at the end of the verse. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. In other words, it was a gift from God. The messenger of Satan to buffet me. The word buffet means to rap with a fist. In other words, this was a very difficult thing to deal with. Now watch what he says. He said, lest I should be exalted above measure in the beginning, at the end of it, he says, lest I should be exalted above measure. Now watch, here's the whole picture. Here's the whole picture. 
You see, Paul was blessed beyond what most people were blessed by. You say, what do you mean? When he got saved, he was looking at Jesus the day he got saved. He was on the Damascus Road doing his thing, and Jesus appeared to him. Now, I'm fairly confident nobody in this room, Jesus has ever appeared to you when you got saved. Y'all with me? But on the Damascus Road, Jesus appeared to him. I mean, he got to see Jesus in person. Are y'all with me? He got to see visions upon visions, and God revealed things to him, revealed mysteries to him. God allowed him to write Scripture that was putting in the Word of God, in the canon of Scripture. Not only that, but in the beginning of chapter 12, he begins to tell the story of when God took him up to heaven and in paradise, and he got to see heaven and come back to earth. Somebody say amen. Wouldn't you... Be arrogant. I know you got saved, but I saw Jesus when I got saved. I tell you what, you think you something? I saw heaven. I actually, I know you read about it. I saw it. (laughs) Oh, preacher. No, no, watch, watch. Paul said God knew. Because of all the revelations that he had given me, in the weakness of my flesh, I would have the ability to get prideful and arrogant. And so lest I be exalted above measure, lest I be prideful, lest I get arrogant, lest I think myself better than I ought to think, God gave a thorn in my side to keep me humble. Now watch. Watch, this is good. God knew the abundance of blessing was a danger of causing pride and arrogance. So God balanced the blessings with burdens to keep him on earth. Because God knew that if he got arrogant and prideful, He would be of no use to him. So God put something in his life to keep him balanced. Say that with me, to keep him. Now watch, watch, watch. If we're ever going to change our perspective about our problem, our thorn, if you will, our issue, our situation, that we've begged God and begged God to take away, we need to know God always has a reason for allowing it to happen. Watch. Changed perspective requires this. First, we must trust God's awareness. We must trust God's awareness. In other words, we need to know that he knows us better than we know ourselves. Because in Paul's mind, he probably thought, I won't be arrogant. I won't be prideful. It's all good. But see, God knew Paul better than Paul knew himself. God knew if I remove this thorn, you're going to get prideful. If I remove this thorn, you're going to get arrogant. Now, Paul didn't think that because he kept saying, get it out. Help me. Take this situation. But see, God knew what Paul needed. 
And you see, if we're ever going to change our perspective of what we're going through in life, we've got to understand God knows what we need. And God will never allow us to go through something unless we, y'all, that's a little weak. God will never allow us to go through something unless we, unless we need it. In Peter, it talks about multiple temptations and trials, manifold temptations. In other words, great, great difficulty. And then it says, and it says three words that has blessed my heart. If need be. In other words, you won't go through it unless you need it. Now, Paul, I'm not going to take this thorn away because you need it. You need it to be effective. You need it to keep your feet on this planet. You need it lest you be exalted above measure. You need to understand you need this. And our perspective will change about our situation when we realize God knows best. We have to trust, now watch, trust God's awareness. Then, number two, we have to trust God's activity. Lest I be exalted above measure, that's God's awareness. There was given to me a thorn, that's God's activity. If God brought you to it, he knows what he's doing. If the fire is hot in your life, you need it. If the situation you're going through is very difficult, it's, it's okay. It's just what we need. Now watch. The third thing. Not only do we see a comforting provision, a changed perspective. You see, here's what changed in Paul's life. He saw the thorn now as not a torture to endure, but a tool to employ. God is using this for my benefit. And that changes everything. It's not a torture. Listen, he didn't look at God now as, hey, he's just trying to hurt me. He's just trying to punish me. He's just trying to torture me. He just likes seeing me in pain. He just likes seeing tears come off of my face. No, 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 no. He changed that. He said, I see now God has a reason. God has a plan. God is using this thorn as a tool to employ for my benefit. Somebody say amen. Then lastly, write this down. In the situation, we find a comforting provision. He said, my grace is sufficient for thee. Then he said this, uh, lest I be exalted above measure, there was given to me a thorn. That's a changed perspective. God, Paul realized that God was doing this for his benefit, not his detriment. But then he says, therefore, I would rather, I would rather glory in my infirmities. Now watch this. This is important. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. And he uses this terminology. When I am weak, then am I. Watch, watch. When you're at your wit's end. When you have come, now watch, you, gotta, you, gotta, you, you can put your nose down and just pay, pay close attention. But give, me, give me eyeballs right here. Right, I'm almost done. I'm wrapping it up right here. We're closing. Say amen. 
you got to get this part. You cannot experience the power of Christ till you come to the end of your strength. His strength doesn't kick in till you're at the end of your strength. Y'all didn't get it. Because if you did, you'd be shouting right now. Let me use this illustration. Lifeguard standing on the beach. Old boy out there drowning. Help! 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 I mean, he's fighting. And he's, I mean, help! I'm going to die! Help! Somebody! Help! And the guy's best friend standing beside the lifeguard. Help him! He cannot swim. He's going to drown. Help him. Lifeguard don't do anything. He just says, calm down. Calm down. He's dying, man. He's fighting. He's going to drown. What do you mean calm down? Go help him. He said, just calm down. Lifeguard's eyes on him. All of a sudden, he quits fighting. And it seems like he's going down. At that moment, The lifeguard jumps in, goes to him, and drags him to shore. The guy's angry. Why didn't you help him? He was out there fighting. He said, as long as he's fighting for his life, I can't save him. Because if I go out there while he's still trying to save himself, he will drown me and him. And and I can't I can't save him till he quits trying to save himself. He he can't receive my strength and ability till he comes to an end of his strength and ability. And sometimes God has to get us to the end of ourself before he can step in because we're still trying to do it ourselves. We're still trying to manipulate the situation. We're still trying to come up with the answer. We're still trying to fight for our life when God says, just give up and let me handle it. Paul said, I've realized that when I'm at my weakest, That's when he's at his strongest. And when I see infirmities come my way, that just means I'm going to feel the power of Christ. He said that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You'll never know the power of Christ in your life till when you need it the most. It's in your darkest hour when he shines the brightest. But you'll never experience his strength Till you come to the end of yours. You see, when when Abraham was still trying to manipulate the situation and trying to help God with his promise, you see, Sarah had come to an end of her strength, but Abraham hadn't. Physically, Abraham could still produce a child, and he produced Ishmael, but he wasn't ready yet. But when Abraham came to an end of his ability and strength, That's when God brought Isaac. Somebody say amen. Now some of you need to find this altar. 
and say, God, I can't anymore. I'm at the end of my strength. I'm at the end of my ability. And God, I know whatever I'm going through, I must need it or you wouldn't let me go through it. But God, today I'm asking for your grace. I'm asking you to change my perspective so I can be like Paul. And I can glory in my infirmity. And I can rejoice through my difficulty. Because see, difficulties are going to come. But how are we going to respond to it? And all God's people said, Father, in Jesus' name, God, I pray that you'll move in this place. I pray that right now people are coming to this altar saying, God, help my problem. Help my situation. Help me to come to an end of myself. Help me to understand that I must, I must decrease, but you must increase. Right now, people are coming to this altar. Come on, come on. Maybe you need God to move in your situation. Say, preacher, I've asked God to fix my problem. Maybe you need to ask God to change your perspective. You say, preacher, God's not, God's not fixed my problem. He's not taking the problem away. Well, come and ask God to change the way you see it. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Use this invitation. Use this invitation. Maybe you've been struggling with something for years. Maybe you've been struggling with something for months that it just seems like it goes on and on and on and God won't fix it. God won't change it. Come ask God to change the way you see it. Come ask God to change the way you view it. Come ask God to change your perspective. Oh, are you hurting? Are you in need? Are you in necessity? Are you in distresses, as Paul said? Do you have a burden? Do you have an issue that you need to bring to him? Maybe it's grace. Maybe it's grace. You need to come ask God for the grace to get through. Father, I pray in Jesus' name. We've got people at this altar. I pray that you'll touch them. I pray that you'll be with those that need to be at this altar. Don't let them leave with a broken heart. Don't let them leave with a heavy burden. Let them come and give their burden to you. You said, cast our care upon the Lord, and he shall sustain us. God, help us in this time of need. Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Help us. Help us. Let's all stand our feet. Let's stand our feet. We're going to sing a verse of invitation if you need to come. If you're a gentleman, if you're a gentleman and you're coming for baptism, if you'll see Brother Shane, he will help you. Just go through this door. If you're coming for baptism and you're a gentleman, come to this side. If you're a lady and you're coming for baptism, Miss Tracy will help you. She'll be on this side. You come to this side. If you just need prayer, I want you to come. If you need prayer, if you need God to help you, you come on as we pray. You say, preacher, I need to get saved. I need to trust Christ as my Savior. Come on. Come on, we'll help you. We'll pray.